we live we are all right let's go episode two let's get this get this show on the road how we doing clark how's life treating you we're doing pretty good uh it was a big football weekend so yeah we're gonna talk about that here in a second yeah a lot of uh first uh on the soccer front it was just international break so there wasn't any premier league action but in the united states we had a lot of college football starting up and the last weekend before the NFL starts up. So, um, exciting front on the sports front. Yeah. I mean, we'll get, we'll get to the soccer in a second, but first, I mean, I don't think there is anywhere else to start, but, uh, but Clemson versus Georgia. I mean, have we, as a Clemson fan, have you gotten over the loss yet? Yeah. I'm not worried about it. I'm the game was, I just was the game was more exciting. I mean, yeah, it was, no, I mean, a snooze fest. Like, you, you know what it reminded me of about a decade ago? Remember when LSU and Alabama played? Yeah, then it was the nine, like six. nine to six. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it reminded me of. Except um, we got a defensive touchdown in this one instead of all exactly. goals. Yeah, at least there was a touchdown. Um, but I expected more from DJ. Um, so. I don't yeah, know. It was, it's the good thing is it's in the very beginning of the season. I don't think it does anything to our title hopes yeah, or I mean, the playoff hopes. So I was about to say, obviously DJ didn't play well, but I mean, I really don't think it matters. Honestly, I think you guys are probably going to run the table when the ACC and make it back to the playoff. Um, I, I'd be surprised if Georgia and Clemson aren't both in the playoff. I think the win was more important for Georgia because now they can they have like a little bit more leeway. If they lose a regular season game in the SEC, they can probably still make it to the playoff if they win the SEC. So I think the win was more important for for Georgia, but I think you guys are going to be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. I was impressed with our defense because our defense was terrible. Yeah, dude. Last honestly, year. like freaking so. Clemson defense dominated JT Daniels yeah. and dominated the dogs. Like, yeah, I was uh, I was expecting Georgia to make a switch at QB, but hey, yeah. Any other big uh, takeaways from week one of college football? Alabama. Other than the fact, yeah, Alabama's other than the fact that win it Bama again, is so a, this entire season's irrelevant. That's great. Bama is, <laughs> Bama is a fucking wagon. Like, holy shit. Anyone who was talking about, like, oh, my, everyone, Miami might keep it close, like Derek King. No. Nope. Derek King's terrible. Um, I but mean, their he's athletic, but that's ridiculous. Their new quarterback's ridiculous. Yeah, Bryce Young, he's he's a stud. He's going to be a first-round pick in a year or two. But uh, obviously, so we're recording this on the 9th, the Thursday. It's the kickoff of the NFL season tonight. My Bucks hosting hosting the Cowgirls tonight. I'm so, so fired up. But uh, I kind of I want to talk about your squad here for a minute because I think my boys, I think the Bucks are going to be a wagon this year. You think, I mean, what do you – yeah, I think y'all are just going to pick up right where y'all left off last year. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think we're going to. Did what was y'all's biggest addition over the year, uh, um, over the off season? Well, we kept everyone, and the only we really only added like two guys. We added Gio Bernard uh, to catch the ball in the backfield on third down, which actually should help a lot because we didn't have a running back who could who could catch a ball last year. And then we got this uh, kid Tryon at the end of the first round who's going to rush the passer and. He looks like the real fucking deal. Like in the preseason, I know it's preseason, but he's just been whipping, you know, whipping everyone. Yeah. He's going to make an impact. But uh, obviously, we haven't really mentioned it yet on this podcast, only episode two. But Clark, would you like to kind of tell the listeners 
what uh who your who your squad is the oh NFL. the old washington the washington football team is that yeah. who you're talking about formerly oh, known as the r words yeah the r words uh yeah i i like where we're at our offense is still going to be pretty yeah, bad i, to, I think so I say, i'm not before, impressed in the preseason with our offense i'll let you talk about it in a second but i got two questions about the football team first i just want to get what's your honest unbiased prediction for the season 17 games so uh eight nine eight nine yeah any you think you guys are in the division or no no yeah i don't think so either i think the quarterback position might hold you back i think you yeah. guys have a really really talented roster at like every spot other than quarterback and i've personally been down the fitz magic road before and it's going to be magical for five six games and then at some point it's going to it's going to get I think, ugly. I think Taylor Heineke comes in towards the end of the season. Honestly, I thought, yeah, I thought, I honestly thought that there was a chance Heineke was going to start like the beginning of the season. I did too. I mean, he, he tore us apart in the playoffs last year. I, I mean, think, think about I, this. In I the think playoffs that's magic. last year. Yeah. In the playoffs last year, we played the Chiefs, some Mahomes, Packers with Rodgers, Saints, Drew Brees, and you guys, and Heineke had by far like the best game of any of those quarterbacks against us. Mm-hmm. A lot of that's to do with there was no film on them. Yeah. He had the element of surprise, but yeah, with that defense, they were so prepared for everyone else. Uh, I, I would say, I think Fitzmagic wins six games. We, uh, he has a lot of losses and then Heineke comes in and wins two more. Yeah. I think you guys are going to be looking to probably take a guy in the first round this upcoming year, looking at free agents kind of in that yeah, situation. That's the problem. We're guaranteed to be mid of the pack, middle of the pack. So we're going to be like pick 12 or 14 again. Yeah. But while we're talking about the football team, there is something that I actually have a very, very strong opinion about that I think we should talk about here for a second before we jump into a little football action. Um, and that has to do with the name of the team. So yeah. Dan Snyder's wife, who I guess is like the co-CEO, yeah, uh, came out new. and said that they have narrowed the list down to eight potential names. And I guess they're going to make it to like a final decision after the season. Um, and here, I'll just read off the names real quick for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, and then I would like to get your opinion as a diehard fan of the team. Um, so the potential names are the Washington Red Hogs, the Washington Defenders, the Washington Armada, the Washington football team, the Washington Red Wolves, the Washington Presidents, the Washington Brigade, and the Washington Commanders. So I just, what are your thoughts? It's the Red Wolves. It's not even close. All right. Most, of the, fans, I- most of the fans want that. Yes, yeah, so is that like what was your thought? So obviously I'm not a fan of the team, but I am a pretty big NFL fan. Um, if I was running the team, I would stick with the Washington football team. I think obviously you guys have played a full season with that name, and now like everyone's kind of getting used to the Washington football team and kind of calling them that. So I think like at this point, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like just keep I say roll with it. Keep the jerseys like the same that they were uh, kind of before the name change. 
So you can kind of keep like the same look that you had as the Redskins, but just going as the Washington football team. But I am strongly against the Red Wolves name. So as a fan of the NFL, I think that there's a certain prestige that comes with like the names of NFL teams. And I think the Red Wolves just, it doesn't do it for me. Like it sounds like a Bush league, like arena league team to me. Like I just can't get behind the Red Wolves. I can't. I know that. I know that's like everyone's like, "Oh, that's sick!" Like you could, all the fans would be howling. Like I just, I don't know. It just, then it just doesn't do it for me. I think looking at this list, I would roll with if they aren't going to keep Washington football team. I think I would go with like the Washington Defenders or like the Washington Commanders. Like I think you just keep it like simple, keep it basic, like. I mean, it's not fucking Arena League football. Like, this is the National Football League. Yeah. I guess that's kind of my stance on it, but... Okay. Coming from a Buccaneers fan. Yeah, but, I mean, Tampa Bay, like, the Buccaneers are in the Bay, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'd just rather have a logo and, like, a nickname so I don't have to say Washington every time I'm referring to my team or the football team. Yeah. It's I just guess. annoying. I just so, I just want something else because we used to have we used to call them the skins, which was really easy. Um, I would have preferred them, I guess, not to change the name, but there was too much political pressure, which I understand. Yeah, but so I guess there's just not a lot of options out there. They're not really. It's it's hard to choose, I guess. So if you had to choose one, you would roll with the Red Wolves. Yeah, that's what you're saying. I think so. The All players right. are most of the players like it. So I think that's what they're probably going to go with. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they do. I just kind of, that was my first thought on it. And I was like, that just so- sounds like some freaking lingerie football, like arena league team to me, you know? It does. It does. But as with everything over time, it's just, you're going to get used to it. The f- I yeah. mean, when we were first called the Washington football team, I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. And now I'm used to it. But that's what I'm saying. Like now people have gotten used to the Washington football team. So just, I would just, I mean keep rolling with it i think if you guys have a good year and make the playoffs that makes it even like harder to switch the name yeah then you've made the playoffs like two back-to-back years with the washington football team name you've had success with it like just fucking keep it rolling you know the the thing i can't understand is why it's taken so long the indians rebranded immediately to um what are they called now cleveland indians they're called like the cleveland i got no idea i couldn't give I honestly oh. couldn't give a shit about baseball, so. Real time. I'm going to look it up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys open with the Chargers this week, and I think that's going to be a pretty interesting game, seeing Herbert go up against your guys' defense. Yeah. Herbert is it a will. fucking superstar. Like, he is a real fucking deal. I really he's like good. watching him play. Like, he's he good. is. I think he's going to be solid. As long as our defense scores more than their offense, I think we'll look good because our offense is probably going to only score like 10 points. Yeah, but I mean, you guys, that our defense line is. Yeah, stupid. I think your I think your defense is right up there with ours, honestly. Yeah, I think like Washington, us, obviously the Rams and like the Steelers. I think those four teams probably have top notch defenses in the NFL. Mm hmm. The uh, Indians are rebranding to the Guardians, by the way. 
which yeah, I don't, is interesting. Yeah, that's that doesn't dumb. do it for me. The Cleveland Guardians, that just like does not roll off the tongue. It doesn't sound good. All right, well, I think we should become the good. Washington Red Devils. <laughs> <laughs> just have the Glazers by the yeah. team and then, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think that is enough football talk. So we'll kind of transition here and finally jump into the Premier League news. And I think if you're good with this, let's, I think we should roll through every game and we'll give each give our score prediction for the game. You you, you want to touch on you want to touch on any international break highlights? Yeah, so I'll, we'll kind of go over some news and stuff first. But for the the Premier League specifically, you good with that? Yeah, that's fine. All right. So yeah did you did you watch many any World Cup qualifying action this week? A little bit. I, I watched the U.S. a couple of times. Um, yeah, I watched the game against Canada. It's pretty disappointing. Um, I don't really want to get like too much into the weeds with the the u.s team but i'm personally not a fan of the coach um i think that burhalter yeah i think that i have a big issue with the coach i think that you know the international game and the world cup qualifiers are much more physical and competitive than like obviously club football is very competitive but especially in like central and south america world cup qualifying when you know they're not using var and they the games are much more physical and players you know what get it's kind of like you know what it's kind of like it's like um church league basketball and high school basketball there's you yeah. can get away with a lot more in church you can do whatever the fuck you want in church basketball yeah. that was good times but uh yeah i mean i think like especially these games the u.s are playing in they're super physical and I'd have a problem with Burhalter because he's pretty much, especially in like the first game they played against El Salvador, he's, I see the, the team come out and, you know, it's all these 19, 20 year old, 21 year old guys from Europe who are all very talented. But I just, I mean, you see it when they're out there, it's like they're getting overrun at times. Like they don't necessarily look ready and they aren't really playing as a team. And I think he needs to kind of integrate more of the, older MLS guys who can kind of deal better with the physicality of the game. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's really my thoughts on the U S but obviously we beat Honduras last night. We got five points in the first three games. We're going to qualify. Um, so I just, I would like to bring up that. I, I think Burhalter is definitely the weak link in the team, but this is the best I've seen a American squad in a while. What's um, the most like, talent we've had? Like, I mean, since I've it, been alive, yeah, this is like it's it's nice to see players going to Europe and joining um, like smaller league teams that are going to be better than what you're going to see in the MLS. Yeah, so I guess my getting issue, that experience is good. My issue with Burhalter is it almost it looks like sometimes when he's picking the team, he's like picking players and looking at, at certain players and pretty much kind of saying, oh, well, this guy plays in Europe, so he's cl- he's got to be like more talented and better than, you know, whatever a guy that's playing in the MLS. When there's certain guys who are playing in the MLS, like Kellen Acosta, um, Ricardo Pepe, who finally got a start last night, and a few other guys who, like for me, need to be like starting every single game for the U.S. And when they aren't in there, like we don't look like a cohesive team or cohesive unit. 
Um, but that's so you're just not kind a of, big fan of Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams. No, I basically. no. So I like Adams, but I mm-hmm. cannot stand Weston McKinney. I think he's so overrated. Like yeah. I really don't think he's that good. Um, and I don't think he should be starting the United States midfield. I think that Tyler Adams should be playing uh, the defensive midfielder role and should mm-hmm. be like, I think you need Adams and uh, Kellen Acosta from the MLS need to be mm-hmm. in the midfield together at all times. Like yeah. for me, when Kellen Acosta is not in the midfield, then it's a shit show. It really yeah. is. Um, and when we don't have Serginio Des at right back, we don't have yeah, that attacking option. Up the, yeah. Every, and then uh, Reina got hurt too. Giovanni. Reina yeah, got Gio hurt Reina. Too. He got hurt. I like him. Yeah. And then I get, I also have an issue with Burhalter because he just like with some, with some of his end game decisions, like, or just take the Canada game, for example. So they're playing three games in seven games or three games in seven days, which is a lot. Like guys are going to be tired. You need to rotate the squad. You need to make subs, especially when you're playing in the U.S. in September and you're playing in El Salvador and Honduras. I mean, it's hot as fuck. And yeah. guys are obviously going to be tired. And in the Canada game, in the second half, Canada had made all five substitutions. And they made three attacking substitutions, I believe, um, and brought in all fresh legs in the second half. And so we dominated the first half and, like, dominated the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. Then Canada brought on all fresh legs, and we didn't make any switches. And it got to a point where it was just clear, like, so clear and obvious that our guys were exhausted. They're struggling to track back. And Canada's just running past our team, run past our players. And he just, he was sitting there. Like, and the announcers are saying it the whole time. We're sitting here like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, you need to bring on, like, some defenders, bring on, like, some attacking threats. And, yeah, but. No, I get that. At the end of the day, we're going to qualify. So, we're just kind of, like, nitpicking um, on it. But did you watch any of the European qualifiers? I didn't. I just saw highlights, really. Yeah, I didn't. It's tough because they're all midday. But uh, yeah. England looked good. Obviously, they had two four no wins, and they had a one one draw with Poland yesterday. Um, so England's they're going to qualify. I think for me, heading into the World Cup next year, I think England's got to be the clear favorite. I know Italy. I think it's are, France still. I think, I think Italy is like. I think it's got to be. A lot of people are going to say Italy because they're they won the Euros this past summer. But I think when you look at that England squad and give them two more years, like with guys like Saka and all these young players who are, only gonna, who are gonna be a year or two older. I mean that's that squad is gonna be strong. Yeah. Their midfield's gotta improve still. I'm, I'm yeah. not big on their midfield. Speaking but Italy's midfield. Italy's too old. I I just don't see it happening with them. Their defenders are ancient. But did you I, s- I, I still think it's France at, at the top. I think from top to bottom. I think they yeah, just had a bad euro. I think like, they just I just think they had a bad Euros. Yeah, I mean, that Switzerland game that they lost, that was like one of the sickest games. Like, mm-hmm. to, like it was unbelievable. Um, and I think you also got to throw uh, the South American teams like Brazil and Argentina in there. And that's kind of a good transition because did you see the shit that happened with Brazil and Argentina's game? Yeah, that was weird. It was fucking wild. So if anyone hasn't seen this, so Brazil and Argentina, I think it was this past Sunday, they're playing a World Cup qualifier, and that's obviously the biggest qualifier in South America. And they're playing in Brazil, 
and like five minutes into the match, like Brazilian health officials stormed the field and stopped the game pretty much for like Argentina violating like COVID protocols, I guess. I don't, yeah, I mean, it was I don't COVID really, protocols. Yeah. I don't really know the situation that well. It was actually players from the Premier League too that they were mad about. Mm-hmm. It was Emmy Martinez, mm-hmm. uh, Buendia from Aston Villa. I actually saw something that those, I think it's like Emmy Martinez, Buendia, and I don't know who the other guy is, but two Aston Villa players, like in Brazil, they were facing like, you know, a fine of like $10,000 or up to 10 years in jail. Because apparently they like falsified documents and shit. And they were <laughs> supposed to be like quarantining in the team hotel. And they like snuck out to try to go play in the game. Like, I don't know oh what the hell these guys are thinking. Because in Brazil, I mean, you don't want to end up in a Brazilian jail. I mean, that's, no. that's not a fun experience. Mm-mm. Yeah. And now all those players are suspended for uh, this weekend. Yeah, even so Fred that's, got suspended and he didn't even about, do anything. I was about to say, so that's a pretty good transition because, um, so yeah, Clark just mentioned it, but all the Brazilian players who play in the Premier League who left to go play for Brazil in World Cup qualifiers this past weekend are not going to be available this week for match week four. And there's talks that they might be suspended in ex- another game. So they might be pretty much out for the next two games. I think that'll get appealed, but it's still in place right now. Yeah, it's, I think it's definitely going to be in place for this weekend at least. Oh, but yeah. No, it's too late for this weekend. But for the all, next weekend, I think it'll get a- appealed. Yeah, all four of the, uh, all four of the title challengers, uh, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, and uh, Chelsea, are all going to be affected by this. Um, we'll start with Liverpool. It's really bad for Liverpool. So they're going to be missing Allison and goal. They're going to be without Fabinho in the midfield and without Firmino up top. So, I mean, they're pretty much losing three starters this weekend against Leeds, which could be could be tough, especially with, you know, Leeds is very offensive and not having Allison in goal. I'd be a little bit worried if I was a Liverpool fan. Um, and then City is going to have two players out. They're going to have... Hold on, hold on. Speak, speaking on Liverpool, uh, there have been rumors that they're just going to ignore the ban and still play the players. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. That with would that. be fucking wild. I, I know. honestly, I hope, I hope they, do I hope they do. They should, I would do it. I don't know if I would, I think I'm a little bit more conservative in my risk assessment and I'm not sure I would, uh, advise them to just pretty much say, fuck the ban and just put them on the field. Mm, but yeah, but yeah, moving on City's going to be also without their goalkeeper. Ederson's not going to be able to play and they're going to be without Gabriel Jesus, um, and they're traveling to Leicester this weekend. Be fine. I mean, without Ederson, though, they're going to have to put Zach Steffen in goal, the American. Doesn't he hurt? I think Maybe. Steffen's I mean, hurt. He, well, he's not the first choice, not the first choice keeper for the U.S. anymore. So I know he was with the U.S. this past week, but he's not not the starter. Matt Turner's the number one, which I think is the right decision. But yeah, he's a stud in goal. I, I'm honestly surprised that Matt Turner hasn't. Like a team like Arsenal, like they spent like twenty five million on a uh, Ramsdale from Sheffield United. Like, why aren't you going and buying a guy like Turner from from the MLS? He's a stud. Um, but that's I digress. And Stephen then, got COVID, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so uh, he'll be out this weekend. Yeah, and then Chelsea's gonna be without Thiago Silva. They'll be fine. And then United is gonna be without Fred. Which hallelujah. I mean. 
It's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I saw a meme and it was like it had Chelsea, Liverpool, United, and City, and it was like uh, like each team's fans finding out that their players are going to be available this weekend. And it was like all the fans were crying, and the United fans were dancing, like dancing and singing, <laughs> like not going to be able to pick Fred. Um, yeah, yeah. I think because McTominay is still, I'm not really too sure about McTominay's status for this weekend. So I'm kind of hoping that like we get to see I a start. I think he's fit. I'm hoping that with Fred out that we get to see a guy like uh, Van de Beek or someone like that in the midfield this weekend. Yeah, he was on a podcast earlier this week and he was talking about how when he was coming up through the academy, he actually played at six. And it wasn't until he got a new youth team coach that he started to play more attacking. Uh, so it's it, it'll be interesting to see if Ollie's been looking at that and seeing if if Van de Beek can fit the system and play that role. I would like to see him just at least try it, especially against Newcastle. They're a bottom table team. There's not much risk in it. So just try it out, see how it works. Yeah, I'm, and if I mean, if it doesn't work, we still have McTominay there, and I think he can fill that role. So, even if it's even if it's not Van de Beek, I'm just hoping that someone kind of steps up to fill that void because I just cannot stand watching Fred in that midfield. He really just brings the whole team down. Like he d- it doesn't allow Pogba and Fernandez to like kind of run freely and kind of do their thing, you know? Yeah. Cause he just, I cause do, Fred's getting I do, overrun. Like I do understand what Ollie sees in Fred though. Cause he plays a role. He's the only player that has like the work ethic out of those three. He's going to run after everything. And I think Ollie sees that. And he noticed he knows that uh, McTominay doesn't have the pace of Fred. So when there's a scramble position or or uh, counterattack, Fred's better able to stop that defensively and off ball. On ball, though, there's no question. There's better options. He's terrible on ball and gives it away. Yeah, so I, I mean, I those, are points. those are some that's, valid points. Those are some valid points. That's just yeah. That's just what but I still, see. In it. For me, I can't stand him either, though. When the team comes out, like the team team comes out like an hour and a half before the game and you see Fred starting in the midfield, I immediately think this could be a long game. It could be a long 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Totally. But all right, let's transition and kind of jump into our uh, holistic match week four preview. So we're going to take you through every game and give you a, a little score prediction. Um, we're not going to talk about any of the games other than United game in that much detail. Uh, so we'll just kind of go in order and, you know, we will kind of give, talk about which games we think are interesting. And so the first game of the weekend, uh, Spurs are going to be traveling or not really traveling because they're staying in London, but they're going to be visiting Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. Um, so yeah, what's your what's your score prediction for Spurs at Crystal Palace? First game of the weekend. Two one, two one Spurs. Yeah, I think I think, I think that was kind Kane, of. I think Kane bags two. Yeah, he he played a lot for England this week. That was originally I was thinking like a two one or a two no win for Spurs, but I think Chris Spurs had a lot of guys go playing World Cup qualifiers this past week. Crystal Palace mm-hmm. had no one that was getting called up to their international team, let's just be honest. And no. so they got to stay and pretty much practice together for the entire week. 
So I think that I could, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. I guess I think Tottenham dropped their first points of the season. Um, Tottenham will probably go up in the first half and Crystal Palace fight back and get an equalizer. Um, but I honestly, can see that. that game, I mean, I'll watch if I'll watch it if I'm up, but it's, I think, I I think it's it does, that boring. one doesn't get me that excited. Like no game with no. Crystal Palace can get me that excited unless they're playing United. No. Yeah. I totally right. agree. So moving on, we got Norwich traveling to London to play Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium. So what are your thoughts on this game? I think Arsenal will get their first points. They'll, I yeah. think they'll win that comfortably. I think it's going to be like a 3-1. Their their defense is still bad, so I can see Norwich scoring. But I, I think it's 3-1. Yeah, so I mean, we talked about this on the first episode. Obviously, it's been a very shaky start to the season for Arsenal. And I mean, the whole team, and especially the manager, are under a lot of pressure right now. Uh, but this week, they are getting Thomas Partey, uh, Gabriel, who's going to be the starting center back, and then Ben White, the other starting center back. They're going to be getting those three guys back into the starting 11 this weekend. And Partey's big. That's big. Yeah, he's, he's the only be, player on that team that I would take at United, I think. Yeah, he, well, he would slot right into the, the United starting 11. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to go with like a 3 or 4 nil. Actually, no. Arsenal's defense isn't good enough, so I'll go three-one win for Arsenal. Yeah, they'll especially concede, with those two center backs. Com- with those two center backs coming back, I mean, it's going to be the first time that they're playing a real game together. So there's going to, I think, there will be a mistake or something. Yeah, I agree. They'll they'll definitely concede, but I think they're just Arsenal will be too much for Norwich. I mean, they're just yeah. there's too much talent. And Norwich is. I mean, we've kind of talked about this. Norwich is going back down. So. They're just on, on yeah. pretty much they're uh they're visiting for this season. You can just say that. All right, so the next game, yep. we got Brighton traveling to play Brentford at the Brentford Community Stadium in Brentford, England. What are your hmm. thoughts on that game? I don't have really any thoughts on that game. I haven't watched yeah. either team I mean, this for season. Me, I just I just know that Brentford's okay and Brighton's Brighton, so I I yeah, don't I mean, even know. They've both actually gotten a pretty good start to the season. I think Brentford Brentford hasn't lost a game yet. They've got five points, two draws, one victory. And Brighton actually has six points. They've won two games. Uh, so actually two pretty good starts to the season for those, those teams. But I think for me, I'll go for like a 1-1 draw here. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, Ivan yeah. Tony gets a goal. And then the only thing I will say about Brighton is they have this midfielder, uh, Basuma. Have you seen him? Yeah. I love yeah. Basuma. Like I would take him at United in a heartbeat. I think he's a really good player, and I'd be surprised if one of the the big boys in the division don't kind of purchase him in January or next summer. Uh, but we shall see. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, we got Man City traveling to play Leicester at the King Power Stadium. Obviously, City's going to be without Ederson, their starting goalie. Uh, they'll be without Jesus too. Jesus probably wouldn't have started, um, but yeah. What are your thoughts on that game? I think this is gonna, this is probably the the biggest game of the weekend for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's the biggest game of the weekend. Um, I would say, hmm, two one City, but close. I think City bags a goal late. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, so I think most people would look at it and say City's probably going to win. I'm going to go for a 3-2 win for Leicester. Um, I think it could be a hell of a game with lots of goals. I think it would be you know, very up and down. Uh, but City, over the past few years, it's kind of they've been slow starters, and they've kind of really starting really get rolling after like the first eight games. And I think that Leicester is kind of in a good spot to just kind of, you know, they're playing at home. They're going to have the fans back. Like I think Leicester might be able to snag a win here, which would be huge. And I think part of that prediction is me just kind of as a United fan, just hoping that city yeah, lose. Hoping like, it. I would Lesser love. Leicester the last two seasons has flown out the gate too. Normally yeah. it's not till the end of the season where they start to fall off. So, yeah, so I could I could see that happening. Yeah, predicting I, I, and hoping I would, for a Leicester. Win. Yeah, I would. I was pretty close to saying a two-two draw, though. I could see both teams drawing. Yeah, I mean, I would be happy with that too, as long as City drop points. That's a good day, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, so now we're moving on to the big boy. We got Newcastle traveling to play Manchester United at Old Trafford, the Theater of Dreams on Cristiano Ronaldo's debut return as a Manchester United football player. Have you revised your opinion on if he's going to start or not? Because he's definitely starting. Well, I think my opinion is a little bit, my personal opinion, like what I would do if I were the manager. No, Yeah, I'm not asking that. I'm asking what do you think is going to happen? I think he will start. But if I were the manager, I would bring him off the bench. But I did see a report that Cristiano even admitted in like an interview that he's pressuring Ole to like start him pretty much like in his ear telling me like hey you need to, I need to start like I'm Cristiano I don't come off yeah. the bench I start yeah of course yeah I mean no one should be surprised by that yeah this is actually I mean, so I think this might be a little fun exercise if you were the manager how would you set up the team so like what would your starting 11 be for that game for United okay uh, four, three, three. Um, the back lineup sets itself really at this point. Right back, Juan Basaka. Uh, center backs are Varane and Maguire. Left back, Luke Shaw. Stud. Um, at the six, I'll put McTominay. Um, I just don't see Van de Beek playing really. And then, uh, Bruno and Pogba. Uh, I would say on the right, Greenwood, left, Sancho, down the middle, Renato. That's one hell of a team. I think I think Greenwood at this point is the first team on the name sheet, on the squad sheet, because yeah, I think three I and think, three, you have to play him. Yeah, I think he's got to start for me. I think yeah. the only – I think I would pretty much set up the team the same way that you would. I would just – I, I don't I probably wouldn't start Sancho. Um I think he needs to get games though. That's why that's why I put him in there. Yeah. Well I think if Rashford was healthy, it, I think you would just start oh, Rashford and bring yeah. Sancho off the bench. I completely um, agree. But with Rashford out, I guess. That's what I'm thinking right now. I don't know who else you would put in there for Sancho. Martial. Yeah, I, I was just throwing it out there. I wouldn't put him. Yeah, in there. he doesn't. Do I want to sell me. him immediately. He did, I can't. He did get a start. Him. He did get a start for France this week, which oh, is weird. Congratulations! They started him and Benzema together, which made like zero sense to me. Like mm. just two kind of out and out strikers. Um, 
I'm sure he just moped around the pitch and didn't do anything. Yeah. But I mean, for this game, I can't wait to see like the pageantry, the fans, like, I mean, the pregame is going to be almost as exciting as the game itself. Cause just like when Cristiano walks out of the tunnel, the fans are, you know, shouting Cristiano, Cristiano, Cristiano. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, they're going to be singing Viva Ronaldo the entire game. Yeah. The entire game. I think it's, I think United's really lucky that kind of the schedule worked out the way it did that they get Newcastle in this first game out of the break instead of like a really, really tough. Um, not that Newcastle is a rollover, but it'd be a little bit different if you were, you know, hosting Chelsea versus hosting Newcastle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess what, what would your, honest unbiased score prediction for this game and do you think cristiano gets on the score sheet three nil united yeah of course you know what i i can't say no of course yes because i want him to so he gets on the score sheet and then i would say fernandez and i don't know i don't know who else because sancho i feel like i can't say that greenwood's gonna score four and four i think that's just too ridiculous also, oh, I got it. Maguire head. Maguire head's <laughs> in a corner. Ronaldo, yeah, Ronaldo gets his first goal, but it's not an open play. It's a penalty. I was about to say. And, and um, Bruno gets an open play goal. Yeah, so I'm going to go for a 4-1 victory for United. Ooh, I like that. And yeah, I'll say that Maguire has like one big fuck up at the back that leads to a goal. And then um, I think Cristiano will get on the score sheet, but via the penalty spot. Um, yep. I don't think he'll get on the score sheet from open play. Uh, I don't but, think so either, just because he hasn't practiced enough with the team. So I think it's going to be a little rusty up top. But I think that this is one of those games where, like, if you're a, especially as a United fan, like, I'm hoping that they get a penalty because I just, like, I want to see Cristiano walk the ball up to the spot at Old Trafford, take the steps mm-hmm. back, score, and then run to the corner and do the celebration. Like, I just, yep. I, I need that in my life. Yeah, that's part of the reason I have him scoring is because I just need to see him do the celebration. Yeah. I hope I, it's in the second half in front of the Stratford end too. Yeah. Because that's, that's important. It will be a little bit disappointing even if United wins if he doesn't score. Just because I feel like the expect it's Cristiano, like mm-hmm. everywhere he's gone, he brings goals. And yeah, he's just, he's a bigger than life figure. So I think yep. everyone is expecting him to go on the score sheet. So even if United wins, it'll be a little bit disappointing if he doesn't score. You know what would be interesting throughout the season, though? This is just for future season stuff. To see if Renato and Cavani play at the same time at any point, I yeah. think that could be fun to watch. I mean, yeah. It would have to be like a small team because you're gonna you're losing a lot on the counterattack if you have both of them in there. Yeah, because neither like of having, them are going to press. But. Yeah, you could. I guess you could throw Renato on the left and just recognize that he's probably just going to play it like you have two up front, yeah. but have him out on the left like a winger. I think, if they did, yeah. I think if they did play together, you'd have to play Ronaldo on the wing and Cavani down the middle. Um, but I think that they could have a pretty good dynamic with those two because I think that in games where Cristiano starts up top, then you have a guy like Cavani on the bench that you could bring on with 20 minutes left and pretty much just make a straight switch Cristiano for uh, Cavani and then vice versa. Like in other games, if you want to start Cavani and bring Ronaldo off the bench like it's just a seamless transition and I think or even very at, even very the, scary it, for defenses yeah at the same time like this happens a lot where it's like 1-1 and there's 80 minutes left 
throw Cavani in there at the same time and just attack, attack, attack. Yeah. Because that does happen where teams are like if, if, if it's a team like Burnley and they're just sitting back, they're not even worried about the ball. If you, if you had the possession the entire time, just throw two boxes in the box in there and just see what happens. Yeah. And obviously Cavani is another guy who he's getting up there in age. I think he's 35, but I mean, he was unbelievable last season. Like he exceeded my expectations, to, you know, yeah. five tenfold. And like, I think the only reason he didn't, the only reason he didn't uh, score more goals is because uh, he got to the team late. So he had a quarantine for a while and then he got injured for about a month. Yeah. And then after that, he was back and he was just scoring goals for fun. Yeah. Remember that goal that he scored? Uh, I think it was the first time from like the halfway line. And that was the first game. I think they only had like 10,000 fans oh, on yeah. the stand. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was sick. I think it was FA Cup game. Was it against Leeds? I can't remember. But uh, think, yeah, it was. It was an FA Cup game. We lost that game. Yeah. I think that sucked. like, no matter how long, like United fans are going to remember that goal forever. Yeah. Um, but I think that was a lot of United talk, so we'll Let's keep it run moving here. The rest. Yeah, so next game we got West Ham traveling to uh, Southampton. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on that game? Like you were saying last week, West Ham is a they're they're a solid team, but Southampton's not a pushover. They they always play teams strong um, strongly, but without Danny Ings this year, I don't know how that turns out. So I would say a comfortable. Three, 2-0-1 no for West Ham. 2-0-1 no for West Ham. And it's comfortable. Right. Yeah, I'll go for a 3-1 win for West Ham. I think Southampton, they're at home. They, they even might go up 1-0. But I think West Ham's just too talented. And it's going to be too much for them to kind of defend for 90 minutes. I think while we're on the subject of this game, when we were doing our like relegation predictions, mm-hmm. neither of us mentioned Southampton. Yeah. But... I do think I thought like, about that later. Yeah. yeah, I do think that they're a team that is in the danger zone this season. They had a lot, like, you know, three or four of their best players all left uh, in this window, like guys like Danny Ings and uh, they kept Ward Prowse, um, but like Redman and a few other guys left, and they didn't bring anyone to replace uh, guys who left. And I think that. It's gonna be a, a rough year for South, Southampton. Oh, Southampton. Yeah, I was thinking of, this season. I was thinking about that the other week because Danny Ings leaving—that's like eighteen goals out of the team in the Premier League, and they cannot replace that. Yeah, well, they didn't even bring at their in level. To all you can do replace it, and even if they did, it'd be like someone who would score like nine goals. So it they're they're in a tough position. Yeah. Who's right, up we'll next? Keep it moving here. We got Wolves traveling to Watford. Uh, like what's your score game. prediction for that game? Do Wolves uh, finally get a point? Yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah. think it's a foregone conclusion. 3-1, and it's going to be running up and down the field again. I like Watford. Yeah. I think they're they're better than... I don't think they... I don't know. I don't think they'll get relegated again. They've got one player, uh, Ismailia Sar. Who has been linked yeah, with a lot of he's a, a lot of yeah he's been linked with a lot of big clubs but he's really the only like guy that kind of pops on their team uh, but for me I'll go for a two one win for Wolves I think that this is a game where Wolves is probably going to dominate but I mean 
you know, it's the same old story with Wolves. They're going to create a lot of chances and, you know, not come through with end product. But I think they'll create like 20 to 20, so many chances in this game that they're going to score one or two. Um, I think they'll just yep. be, they'll be too much for Watford. Even though Watford is playing at home, uh, should give them a little bit of a boost. And then the last game on Saturday, this is another another really good game. We've got Aston Villa traveling to play Chelsea uh, at Stamford Bridge in London. What are your thoughts on that game? That's a good game. I think it's going to be a cagey game. Um, I'll say 2-2 draw. Ooh. I think it's cagey. I think, yeah. I like Aston Villa this year. I like what they yeah, did with I all like that Grealish money. I like what they did with with the Grealish money and you know bringing in guys like Danny Ings. But I don't know. I still, I don't know. Lukaku. I think he scored like three or four goals for Belgium in two games this past yeah. weekend. Like, I think Villa might be able to get a goal, um, but I think in the end Chelsea's probably going to be too much. They're playing at home. Uh, they'll have their home fans behind them. I'll go for. I've been I've been predicting a lot of goals this weekend. I'll kind of keep yeah, that have. keep that theme rolling here. I'll go for a three one win for Chelsea. Um, Lukaku probably net two. Uh, it's funny how Col- these games are going to end in like nil nil. I know <laughs> it's just or how like it works. All draws or yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so moving on, we've only got Speaking one game. Which yeah, yep. so we only. You got two games left, one game on Sunday, one game on Monday. There's a lot of games on Saturday this weekend. Uh, but on Sunday, we got Liverpool traveling to play Leeds at Ellen Road. Um, obviously, we mentioned that Liverpool is going to be without three starters. They might say fuck it and just play them. But let's just kind of assume that those three guys aren't going aren't gonna to feature for, for Liverpool this weekend. Out. Yeah. Okay. Um, then in that case, we'll go 2-1 Leeds. Yeah, I think I think that this one's shaping up like Liverpool with three starters out. Um, Leeds is obviously a club where they've got Bamford and um, oh, who's the midfielder? Calvin Phillips, who play for England. Uh, but other than that, they don't really have a lot of guys who are getting called up to go play for their national team. So most I like of their Rafinha. Play- yeah, I like he's, Rafinha. Well, he's gonna be- he won't. He's not an international, but he, yeah, he's he, a soft no, player. he is. He's He's one of the Brazilians. He's going to be out this yeah. weekend. Oh, he's out. I didn't. Realize yeah, that. he was. Yeah, he was the, the only other, one the, who's the, not out is uh, Richarlison, right? From Everton. Yeah, For I don't think some reason he got out of it. Oh, uh, that's why he got out of it. Yeah, Rafinha went went down to South America. Um, but yeah, but okay. other than Rafinha and you know Bamford and Calvin Phillips, they pretty much their whole squad got to stay in Leeds and all practice together. So I think that should give them a little bit of a lift, a little bit of an advantage. And I'll go for, I think this could be, I mean, we talked about last week. I think it could be very offensive, a lot of attacking football, very kind of box-to-box play. Um, I'll go for a 3-2 win for Leeds. Wow. Leeds Leeds likes to play those kind of games. I know, but Liverpool, they've still got their entire defense back, except... Uh, Allison, but you got Van Dyke and yeah. Gomez or whoever back there. Yeah, I mean, so Van Dyke, like Van Dyke's a stud, but I don't know. Leeds just they have like some, there's something about Leeds, like they just they have 
I don't know. They have ability to just kind of get goals against big clubs. because they, they don't give a shit about defense. So they yeah. just attack, attack, attack. Even when they get scored on, they're like, okay, let's pin our ears back even more. So it either works or it doesn't. But when it does, it's fun to watch. All right, so we got last game. This game's going to be on Monday, Monday afternoon. We got this one. Yeah, your favorite team. We got Burnley traveling to play Everton. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game? I think we're probably both one, on the same one. side here. I think it's 1-1. One, one. Ooh. So you're going for Burnley's able to pull a point out yep. at Everton? Yes, that's all they do. <laughs> they just draw people. They're gonna score. They're gonna score a goal early, and then sit back and not do anything. And then they'll get scored on in like the 85th minute. And Everton's gonna think that they have a chance, but no, you don't, because Burnley just scores draws. That's all they do. They get one point at a time. I've pred- I've been predicting a lot of goals here, so I think I'm gonna go a little different route here. I'm gonna predict a uh, a no no draw. I can see that too. Yeah, especially with Burnley. I wanted to say that, but like the only thing is because Richarlison's going to be there, and I really like that kid. Yeah, so. and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin up uh, top. He's good, too. Yeah. He's fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, I think Burnley, they're going to park the bus, and they're going to be happy to to defend for 90 minutes. And Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. All right, well, that's uh, all the games this weekend. I mean, you got any uh, closing thoughts kind of going into match week four um just can't wait to see cristiano and that number seven again and uh old trafford and hopefully there's a lot of goals like you were predicting yeah goals goals make everything more fun more exciting i uh i think old trafford's gonna be gonna be jumping and obviously so that game for anyone who doesn't know that game is gonna be on usa uh, Saturday morning at 10 Eastern, I believe. Uh, so make sure to set your alarm clocks. You do not want to miss that one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, right, so, do you want to last 10 minutes? You want to do the Ask Clown and Star of the Week? Yeah, I was about to say, our, uh, we got to get into our wrap-up segment here. So do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first. All right, should I start with my star or start with my Ask Clown? Uh, star. All right, so for my star... I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I was going to go a different direction with it. But yesterday, did you see... Well, first of all, you're a history guy, so I got to ask you a question. Did Poland ever uh, bomb or attack England during World War One or World War Two? No. Okay. Poland? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, the reason I asked is because... Uh, so obviously England traveling traveled to Poland yesterday for a World Cup qualifier, mm-hmm. and Harry Kane let off an absolute heat-seeking missile rocket mm-hmm. of a goal against Poland yesterday. And when I saw that, I was like, I don't, I, I don't know if Poland like dropping any bombs on England during World War II because it looked like Harry <laughs> Kane was out for some fucking revenge yesterday. I mean, what <laughs> a fucking goal! I mean, do you see it? it was, yeah, yeah, that thing. It was. Was nasty. The swerve on it, like I mean, he lined it up. He was far out there, and he just let it go. Obviously, Poland fought back and got an equalizer, but that goal was an absolute stunner. So, Harry Kane's got to be my star. Okay. Do you want to do your star, and then we'll both do our ass clowns? Sure. 
my star, I would say that quarterback from I can't I can't ever remember his name. McKenzie quarterback Milton. from Alabama. No, uh, no, Price Young. From, no, 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 no. Uh, the Florida State quarterback, Mackenzie Milton. I just remember this. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. After being out for a thousand days and having your leg blow up, and him come back and come back from seventeen down, they didn't win the game in the end, but he he looked incredible, and I think that that's his starting job now. So that's yeah, a cool I mean, story. It's, sure. it's like the Alex Smith experience, but coming back and actually playing. Like yeah, I mean, did before. He's obviously a he hell only- of a story. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember remember when UCF had their national championship season and they played Auburn. Yeah. I mean, he was unbelievable that season, and he he gave Auburn the business in that uh he did in that Chick Fil A game, Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, or whatever it was. Um, and yeah, I mean, when he came on, he he looked unbelievable. And then I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why didn't this dude start? Like, they would be winning this game if he had started. Like, yep. made no sense to me. But yeah, I mean, that was really good story and i think i'd be surprised if he doesn't start the rest of the season for for the Knowles. i think the Knowles could be better this year i don't think they're on clemson's level they're not going to compete with clemson but i think they could be like a you know a bottom that game was hard that game was hard to judge because i don't know if notre dame's just really bad or if florida state's gotten better or if it's both i think it's probably both. it was good to see though i will say because i remember like growing up when florida state was a juggernaut i always loved seeing when they had the home games in their crowd with, you know, with the Seminole chop. And that was great to see for me. Like, I just love seeing, you know, when the Knolls are good, that crowd is, it's a hell of an environment. Yeah. All right. So we'll get into our ass clowns here. So mine is a little bit interesting here. I got to pull this up real quick. So I want to mess up the names, but so my ass clown is going to be, Hmm. I think his name is Inner Valencia. So this is the Ecuadorian guy. Yes. Yeah, so for those of you who do not have never heard of Inner Valencia before, so Inner Valencia is a soccer player. He plays for Ecuador, and this past weekend he was playing in a World Cup qualifier for Ecuador, and in his home country of Ecuador, he is wanted by the police for not paying child support like for years um but somehow while being wanted by the ecuadorian police is still starting and playing games for the ecuadorian national team so i guess the ecuadorian police finally had like a come to jesus moment and realized well if we want to catch this guy we can just go grab him while he's playing like yep seems like pretty simple decision you know where um, he is. Yeah. I mean, you know where he's going to be. Um, you know, yeah. But so in a World Cup qualifier this past weekend, I guess the police finally made that decision and decided that they were going to go arrest him during a game. And somehow he got word of this happening um, during mid game and went down and faked an injury. And had the cart and everyone come out and they cart him off the stadium and then the police come in. So he escaped capture and escaped the Ecuadorian police uh, by faking an injury during the game. So enter Valencia is without a doubt my ass clown for the week. I mean, you just can't make that shit up. Like you can't. Yeah. I mean, 
I would ask our listeners to definitely go look it up. It's hilarious. It's crazy. It's hard to kind of like explain it. You just got to kind of watch the video. Like, I mean, this dude goes down, fakes an injury because he finds out that the police are coming to the stadium to arrest him. It sums up South and Central America. Yeah, I mean, South American and they just, life is different in South America. We'll just kind of leave it there. But uh, um, I'll run through mine real quick because we have three minutes. Yeah. Um, I saw this yesterday. Uh, this will probably be the last political one I do, but I can't <laughs> help it. It's just my major. Um, but uh, yesterday, a um, Larry Elder was walking through a um, like the projects in L.A. and he was just walking. Is Larry? Through. He was getting. Yeah, I'm gonna stop you. Is Larry Elder like the black conservative guy who always goes on Hannity? Yes. Um, and he's, and he's running for governor and he he might win if, uh, Newsom gets recalled. Um, but he was just walking through, he was like talking to constituents and he was getting harassed and stuff. And this lady on a bicycle, this white girl on a bicycle, um, rides her bike up right next to him. Um, she has a gorilla mask on and she decides to throw an egg at him. And I just thought it was interesting that that's the message that liberals wanted to send out that. They're more racist than conservatives <laughs> by no. showing up with a gorilla, gorilla mask on and talking shit to a black person. I just thought that was interesting. I'll just throw it out there. So that's my ass clown of the week. That woman. Yeah, I mean, she definitely qualifies as an ass clown. I think anytime you uh you throw an egg at someone, you're an ass clown. I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing really else to say about that. Yep, I agree. All right, so we got another episode in the books. Uh, we finally got some, you know, real Premier League action to watch this weekend. Uh, so mm-hmm. episode three, be on the lookout because we we'll actually have some some games to recap and talk about. So should be a should be a lot of fun. So you know, sit back this weekend, enjoy uh, enjoy the soccer in the morning, and then watch some uh, some college football and NFL football in the afternoons. Um, and then I'll close by saying uh, this will probably still only be a mid table banter will probably still only be available on Spotify for the time being. So uh, when you see it, just make sure you hit that follow button. And if there's an ability to like or comment, please do that too. It helps us get recognized. Um, but we appreciate you if you've um, stayed along for the ride um, and we will talk to y'all next week.